Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to an episode of The Staredown. It's episode 119. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular co-hosts, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Shay Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. This is our sports talk and real estate show where we talk sports and a little bit of real estate at the end, but it's mostly just four friends drinking beers, talking sports. Guys, let's start off and say how we're doing and tell us what you're drinking today. Bill, what's going on down in sunny St. Pete? Uh, sunny St. Pete, yeah, kind of sunny, a lot of rain uh, with the last, a uh, lot of that afternoon pop-up thunderstorm stuff. Um, I'm drinking a Line & Kugel Summer Shandy, um, something that felt appropriate for the uh, summer day, uh, hot and steamy, and uh, played a little golf today, uh, uh, won money, finished plus one to my quota for the first time in a while, yay. So not a lot of money, but uh, it was it was a blast. Played with Anthony Malafronte, who uh, shot his number, uh, so we had a great time uh, playing there. And other than that, just uh, getting ready for a big week in San Francisco, Sean. I've spent a lot of time the last two days kind of dialing in my, my, my supplies I'm taking, you know, as far as uh, the ambassador duties require. I got to make sure I got my bag packed right for the front desk, we'll call it, right? Uh, okay. And so that's about it for me. It's just uh, getting excited. I leave very early tomorrow morning for San Francisco. Good. What you're on a, a Southwest flight? I'm going to guess. Are yes. you direct or are you? No, there's no direct from Tampa to San Francisco. It's uh, okay. Vegas, hour and a half in Vegas, and then up to uh, San Francisco. Okay, very good. Been on that flight before, so yeah. not yeah. not from Tampa, but obviously from Columbus to, to Vegas. Yep. Good. Todd, what's going on with you, buddy? What's going on, coming Georgia? Well, first of all, Bill, I thought gambling was illegal at Bushwood, so I'm surprised you, uh, <laughs> you won money. Yes, I did. Hey, Bill never slices. <laughs> no, no, Bill always slices. Go ahead. <laughs> and Bill, uh, roulette, $10 on black. Just do it. One one spin. You'll at the airport? Be at the airport, they have a roulette table? Sure. Um, oh, I bet you can find one. I'm sure. It. Okay, all right. So, no, good uh, good weekend, Sean. I'm drinking, um, Shay may know this brewery. It's Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta. And I'm drinking a Han Brolo, which is a an award-winning panel of theirs. So, very good stuff. Um, great weekend. Very laid back. Um Saw probably too much uh, morning activity. Um, is that such a thing? A lot going on this weekend, so I had a good time keep, keeping track of all that. Good. After a long weekend with the kids last weekend, so yeah, probably a nice yes. weekend to just to chill out, right? I couldn't agree with you more. Yep. Good. Shay Brewer, our NBA correspondent who's joined us. Now, we've actually extended his contract. Turns out he's a good dude who actually talks more than just NBA. So what's up, Shay? How are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing well, guys. Doing well. I um I elected to pass on the beer today and go with the good old high quality H2O. <laughs> <laughs> I All am, right, uh, so let's let's rewind. How was last night? Tell us about last night, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're three old guys who were probably asleep by ten o'clock. Exactly. Come on. Nine forty five. Uh, yesterday was a good day for me. So, um, <laughs> last week, la- no, last week we, I, I talked about ending the podcast. I talked about balance and finding balance. And, uh, one of the things that being in the Pacific Northwest has taught me is to appreciate nature a lot more. So I went on, uh, to Silver Falls. I went on a good seven mile hike yesterday, mm. uh, finished the hike and, uh, went out to 
the Mississippi Street Festival, which is one of the largest outdoor festivals here in Portland. And um, let's just say that there was a lot of local breweries and um, hmm. a lot of libations consumed for for Shea. So yeah. today is high quality. Well <laughs> any uh, any any surprises? Anything you want to throw out there for for Bill and me and and Todd to, to keep our eyes, eyes out for? Any any breweries that, that stood out as wow, that was really good. Um, I actually spent a good bit of time at Breakside Breakside Brewing Company yesterday. Um, They've got a lot of a lot of really good things, a lot of uh, like West Coast IPAs and things of that nature on the horizon. Um, really refreshing for the summertime. All right, hey guys, I'm uh, checking in from Columbus, Ohio, drinking a little Founders Day All Day IPA, it's a little session ale. Uh, Todd, you know I'm a big session fan. Uh, love the drinkability of it. Love the uh, kind of the the easy smoothness of it, but a hoppiness to it. Um, so it's been a, uh, a nice day on the golf course. And so having a couple session IPAs, but because of the golf course, let's start our conversation about the world cup. Uh, an amazing three or four weeks comes to an end um, with a conclusion in the championship match. I'm not sure if it was called the world if today's match is called the world cup, but it was the final game, France versus Belgium. Uh, France goes out of, or France, sorry, France versus Croatia, Croatia, Croatia. Yeah. France versus Croatia, and um, France wins four to two. Uh, I was on the golf course, Todd, so I did not get a chance to see it. So I'm going to turn to you and Shay for a little breakdown and tell us about the the win. I know France jumped up early, then Croatia tied quickly, and then it was a kind of a three goal onslaught, right? Yeah, and uh, gosh, I, I can't I can't remember if Croatia tied it or France was up two nothing. Um, anyway, the first. Goal was a little controversial. Um, the French uh, uh, player, his name starts with a G. It's just I'm just drawing a blank. Maybe shaking help me out, but he took a pretty nice, uh, a pretty nice dive. Um, and the referee called it, and they gave him a free kick, awarded it outside, just outside the penalty box. But upon you know the replay showed he you know it was it was uh, it was a flop for sure. Um, and they have a, a free kick and trying to defend the ball. Um, one of the Croatian guys. Uh, headed it, skidded off the top of his head, and actually went in the goal. So it was an own goal, um, even though it was a deserved goal on the set piece by France. But I think the uh, the call was was uh, wrong and, and generous. Um, that said, uh, they also got a um, penalty kick off a handball, which again, the rule of the handball is it it it, it, uh, it can be accidental, but it's also got to be the natural flow and position of your hands. And clearly, um, it wasn't a purposeful handball, but his arm was raised and, and uh, it hit his hand. So, again, slightly could be, could have, should have, would have. Uh, um, but I think the right call was made for the pound kick. So, Frenchman's 4 2. Uh, once the floodgates opened, um, they pretty much stayed in control. But boy, Croatia didn't give up at all. They scored their first goal on a kind of a fluky play. Uh, the keeper was trying to dribble around. Um, the attacker and uh, he got his foot on it and uh, the attacker got his foot on it and, and scored a pretty easy goal. Um, but overall, uh, kind of a, a letdown final game for such a great month we've had. It's been a really fun month and, and this game kind of um, through no fault of its own is a little bit of a letdown as far as I was concerned. If I'm, if I remember right, four, four years ago, it was five, nothing in the first like half, right? Um, right. Germany. I mean, just absolutely pounded Brazil. This is a much better game in the first half, but then it just kind of, it kind of got away from uh, Croatia in the second half. So that's that was kind of the disappointing part. I was hoping it was more of a, a shootout. We've seen so many extra times and penalty kicks that uh, I thought for sure it was going to happen again, but uh, it wasn't the case. Yeah, it definitely yes. wasn't 
than a, a clean final that we all were anticipating or hoping for anyways at the World Cup final. But it uh, it was telling and uh, showing of the changing of the guard, per se. Um, we talk about France's third goal was uh, scored by Pogba, the first uh, in the Champions League. And then the fourth goal scored by France was scored by Mbappe, which is a 19-year-old that we talked about before. And he a definitely teenager, has a, yeah. a promising future. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 19 years old. And he's Only one other teenager scored in the World Cup, Sean. I bet you could uh, – I bet you could <laughs> – Come on, name him, Sean. You know him. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Justin Bieber. It's the Justin, Justin Bieber. A little guy named, a little guy named Pele. Pele. From, was yeah. 17 years old when he scored a World Cup uh, final. Oh, wow. Final. That's, uh, that's impressive. So yesterday, the, the Constellation match, which, you know, here's the thing. I think you start the 32 teams in the World Cup, and you say you're not going to win, but you're going to make it to the final four. Will you play hard in the Constellation match? How many of the guys would say, yes, I will play my hardest in the Constellation match? Bill, what what are your thoughts on that? Because look, I'm not, I'm not saying either team didn't play hard. I'm just saying like it's such a letdown game to play, right? Yeah. No, I think it still matters. I think it, uh, you know, that you don't want to go out. You have a chance. You have an opportunity to leave the World Cup with a victory, and that sounds weird, but right? it's much better than losing. Hey, teams. only 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 two teams are going to leave with a victory. Well, not, that's not true. But <laughs> in theory, only two teams once knockout rounds happens leave with a victory. Right. right? So I think I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's I think they play hard. They play friendlies all the time, right, Todd? Well, uh, Sean, you know, there's a, there's a reason they play that game other than just for uh, country and, and spirit. Uh, it's There's money involved. So third place gets more than fourth place, T. So I read an article this morning. I think it was on Twitter. But the, the champion, I believe, earns about $40 million, and the runner-up gets about 32. And I'm sure there's – I'm sure once you re- reach the round of 16, there's a, a sliding scale up uh, the farther you go. So that's that's one of the reasons why they play that Constellation game. And is that split between the players, managers, coaches, the, the entire like team of England, uh, Belgium? So that'd be a that'd be a Bill and Shay who uh, actually work for sports teams. Questions. I, I just think, <laughs> I just yeah, so let's start out, Bill and Shay. I mean, when when they talk about the purse to like the World Series champion, is that just for the twenty five guys on the team, no, or is that for no. the? Because there's what Bill. I mean, Bill, give us some insights and uh, from MLB and Shay from a, from an NBA standpoint. Yeah. When you talk about the 25 guys on the roster on a Major League Baseball team, how many people are on the roster? So to speak? Well, you're actually right. 25 are on the roster. Uh, there might have been other guys who played throughout the year who will get a share. But what happens in, in Major League Baseball, first of all, the cut to the players, they, they, they share in gate and other revenues for the first four games of a seven-game series. And the team and they don't get anything after that, right? There's no incentive for a player to tank a game to get another game for more revenue. So after okay. games five, six, and seven all goes to ownership. But Free the, baseball, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the, but the, the winners and losers share is determined by the gate and a few other things for television as well for the first four games. And then the players sit down and decide, okay, we're, you know, there's, how many shares are we going to have? Because your assistant coaches are going to get some of that money. The, you know, the manager, they're going to do something for Training him. Staff, right? the, the, yeah, the clubbies and all the people in the clubhouse are going to get maybe a half share, quarter share, depending on what they deserve players that played early in the season and they got traded. So they, they sit down and there's a committee on the team that goes, okay, you know, out of the, out of this pot, we're going to have 40 shares. Uh, full shares are going to go to these people, half shares to these people and so on. So it's, it's all decided afterwards. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty- Does that go all the way down to like the clubhouse attendant on sure. at the spring training? 
location? Uh, I mean, you know what? That's I don't know about that. Um, that would be pretty. That would be you know maybe they throw a half share to the guys there and let them figure it out or something. Like last year, last year the Astros won the World Series, right? Does does the guy that worked the Astros clubhouse at spring training get a ring? Probably, right? Well, yeah. If you're a full time staff member, um, you get a ring. So. Yeah, okay. I, I have I have a National League championship ring, but but cool. I was I'm working in the ticket office at the time, and uh, and I also have an All Star game ring from '92 because I was you know with the club then. So right. um, mm-hmm. that the Sh- ring is the best part. Screw Sh- the shares. I, I know you don't work for the Trailblazers; you're with the Trailblazers. But what is your what is what is, what's it, what's your knowledge of? There's only 12 guys on that roster, right? Uh, maybe 14 because they do some some alternates. But how does that break down as far as the uh, championship? Bill spot on it. Everyone who's the, of that team actually participates as far as like getting rain and uh, getting a share of it. Now everyone shares a little different, but uh, everyone does get a share of it. That's a full-time employee. So there are a lot of uh, seasonal employees with the NBA because the season is only, you know, seven months out of the year. So they bring some people over as a part-time as a seasonal worker. So let me ask a couple quick round Robin questions on world cup. Um, France, congratulations, champion, four years. It's in Qatar. Is that right? Q-A-T-A-R, Qatar. Your choice. Um, very, very hot location. Obviously, all games probably going to be indoors, I'm going to guess. Is that right? Are they, in, are they going outdoors, Todd? They're pushing it back to – it's going to be November, December. It's not going to yeah, be – Yeah, and they won't – they'll never play indoors because they got to play on grass. They don't play on AstroTurf ever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which, uh, in 2026, Mercedes-Benz is going to have to lay grass down if they want. Right. Well, and there's, you know, the, uh, the, um, uh, the Cardinals. Yeah. Cardinal stadium has grass indoors, but it's, it can, it can close up. Right. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's weird. Okay. So you want to talk about that, you know, that grass is on a tray and it slides out and and stays Mm -hmm. under the sun. I know they slide it in. They just slide it in, but what they found outside. Yeah. When they slid it in though, they kept killing it because of the, the, the quick temperature change from, you know, 95 or 105 to 72. So they had to come up with a whole new version of grass that would survive those, you know, that, that intense change in temperature. And they did that, you know, they were wow. able to kind of, you know, breed something that works you know, perfect now for that situation. So nice. It can, okay. It can be done. So three quick questions, a little round Robin, Shay, Todd, Bill, I'm gonna put you on the hot spot here. Three questions about soccer, kind of a, a pro and con oh. coach. Does the coach have an impact or no impact on the players? Uh, there are no coaches. They're managers. Duh, I'm out. No, I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Todd, what are your thoughts? The guys that stand on the sidelines in their suit and ties. Huge. Um, the, it's soccer, uh, although, uh, well, there's, there's set pieces that are designed, but it's more of a philosophy of play. Um, if you've noticed, if you look at the pregame, they'll show the lineup. And there's, you could do a 4-3-1-2. You could do a 4-4-2. Uh, two. You do a four four one one. So it's not only how you line up, it's also the style of play. I think probably like most sports, um, the value of the manager is during preparation. Um, I'm not sure game time. I mean, obviously there is some influence, but it's all in, in the preparation. So absolutely okay. yes is my answer. All right, good. Todd, Shea, your thoughts? I'm going to go yeah. Um, you're looking at three substitutions in soccer, but each one of those substitutions, you may be changing the formation, you may be changing a strategy, you may be bringing a different guy in that has a different strength from your initial line, your initial eleven that you brought in to start the game. So I'm I'm going to go yeah. Okay. Good point. Real good, All right, point. good call. Imagine imagine in uh, in 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 football only being able to make three substitutions during the game. That, that would completely <laughs> completely change everything. All right, we're going to start with you, Todd, on this one. Harder role, the team star 
or the team goalie? So it's kind of a vague question a little bit to me. Um, and I'm not trying to be difficult, but I, I think um, a, a goalie can make or break your game, whereas a team star has nine other guys on the field around them. Um, that people can pick up the slack, but you can't hide when you're goalie. I think uh, kind of like hockey, um, you could ride a good goalie. A couple crucial saves can really swing the momentum. Um, but if Ronaldo's having an off day for him, he's got nine of the guys around him to pick him up. All right, let's go Shay and then Bill. Team I'm star goalie. Goalie, okay. So harder role is the goalie. Okay, absolutely. You can mark. You can mark a star. You can put two men on him. Put a man on him. Shadow him all game. But a goalie, there's there's nothing you can do. If a goalie has a bad day, the floodgates can open and you're down four nothing going into the half. You know. So okay, I'd say goalie. Okay, Bill. I'm gonna. I'll be contrarian. I think the harder role because that's the question, right? What's the harder role? Mm-hmm. I think the harder role is being the team star. Because the pressure is on you to perform. Even if it's an assist or if it's somehow making a play happen, if you kind of disappear, and it happened a, a few times in the World Cup where the, the star of the team, I don't know, Lionel Messi, Messi, Messi disappeared, teams, yeah, right? disappeared yeah. and took a ton of heat. And, and a goalie, um, you know, I think, I think well, that's, I think that's my answer. I don't need to go any further. Okay. So just a, a quick question to Todd and Shay. Uh, what's the name of the goalie on uh, Argentina's team? Uh, he's, I think he plays for <laughs> yeah, Todd or Chelsea. Uh, I know, I know the face, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Todd, my, yeah, I guess my point is, you you know the names of the stars. And there's so much pressure, and I I can't argue either side. Here's the last one, Shay. Let's start with you. Flops, flops, good for the game or part of the game? It's part of the game. It's part of the game. I, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, I don't think it's good for the game at all but it's definitely a part of the game. It's, uh, it, it's skill to a flop too, right? It's like, you can't just go out and just fall, you know, <laughs> like, there, there has to be a certain amount of contact or, or what, what, what does, there, does there, does there, because, <laughs> because clearly some of the videos have shown that there's been no contact and these guys are flopping, right? I, even, I think was even in the world cup, even on a stage like the world cup, you look at a star like, like Neymar, right. Who's right. Like known for his flopping. Oh. So, it takes a video to see that it was a flop. So when you're in the heat of the battle and you're in the game, you don't necessarily know, was it a foul? Was it not a foul? Right. Was it a flop? Is it not a flop? Until you look at the instant replay. Phil? Well, so I'll, I'll go with, they're definitely uh, a part of the game. Uh, and, but, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm just convinced that a guy like Neymar, and you saw it, he it has such a reputation for flopping that it can work against you. <laughs> and, sure. and now, you know, when you do, you get an official, a referee who just says, play on because it's Neymar. So I think, I think, you know, if you think about strategically using a flop, it's got to be, um, it's got to be at the appropriate time in the right place near the penalty box. You know what I'm talking about. And instead of these things that happen at, you know, half at midfield and all that other stuff. So, uh, yeah, part of the game, don't like it, but it's part of the game. Todd. Hey, to Shay's point, um, you know, executing good flop may be similar to taking a charge in basketball, right? There's, there's not always huge contact, but boy, you react that way. So they, it's, it's part of the game. Um, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. And I think us as Americans who may not understand the game as well as South Americans, Europeans, Asians, they call it the beautiful game, right? And to me, three things uh, detract from the beautiful game, but are a part of it. One is the flopping. Um, two is 
the, the, the perceived, uh, I need to be amputated injuries, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, guy's rolling, the guy's rolling and all of a sudden, literally 30 seconds later, you know, he's, he's sprinting and taking it. Oh, it happened. The Croatian uh, semifinal game, it happened. You know, yeah. the guy was dead. He limped off guy, right? and he scored. And, and the third thing that, uh, again, detract from me is um, the wasting time at the end. The goalie makes 10 saves during the game, but he catches a ball and then has to fall to the ground, right? Yeah. You know, you see all the time late. Yeah. And, and the stalling aspect. Um, to me, the stalling's a little more controllable. The ref, the ref it's his discretion. He can add some more time. Um, but, but the flopping injuries are – got to take deep breaths sometimes when I see it and, and realize that it's just part of the game. I think, I, think you're, I think the flopping and the stalling are both controllable, right? I mean, sure. a ref can just stop calling them. Just well, don't call flops. Or better yet, yellow card. Right. Yeah, they, yellow card, which yellow you card can do, flops. which you can yeah. do, right. So if that happens, and if every time he sees that, that goalie fall, they're always in the lead when it happens, mm-hmm. he raises one finger, you just added another minute they'll yeah. stop falling quickly because why do they want another minute at it? I mean, you can do that easily. And I think it's funny that there was one American referee who just seemed a little more hardcore than the Euro referees or the, the oh, he's American, American. referees. Because <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, right. he's like, he probably like, even though he's a soccer fan, he watches the American football and he watches basketball where there's contact and real people getting hurt. And I mean, it's just it, that part. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it could, it could be controlled by the referees. They got it. My brother-in-law, uh, Sean, you know him, Greg Drylinger, his, his solution to the injury problem is if you have an injury, no matter what, you have to sit out five minutes. Nice. And no replacement. No replacement. So you're, you're playing with 10 men. And the, the idea is, is if you're truly injured, then you need the rest. Or if you're faking it, you need to be – they need some kind of – Right. Yeah. Now, I think two minutes is probably more realistic, but he, he likes that five number. Uh, I would be – I think two minutes would be a – I mean, you do that a couple times, and, and, and that hurts. So – and Sean, I got a, a tricky question. If you when when you're done about the World Cup, so I, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, yeah, no, many, I, that that's it off the World Cup. So you throw throw it out. How many countries have won the World Cup? Shay, you might know this. If you know it, then then let these guys answer. Seven. Sean, Shay, Sean. Frozen? He's thinking. He's thinking. Sean's thinking. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So how many how many countries have won it? I'm going to say seven. That's what I said. Seven. Good. Shay, you know, or, or you want to take a second? I don't know the answer to it. I'll go a little higher, though. I, I'll go nine. Yep, Shay's got it. It's nine, which oh. seems like a known, low number. Uh, Uruguay won 192 in countries, is that right? 192 like countries? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Uruguay won it in 1950, the smallest country ever win. But Croatia has less population than the city of Atlanta. Think of that. Wow, wow. And, and they were playing for a World Cup today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just awesome, right? When you, when you break it down like that, it's awesome. Well, hey, Todd, let, let, let's remember, back in uh, in April, Loyola of Chicago was in the Final Four. <laughs> That's true. Right? I mean, I'm just, you know, so, so put it in perspective. Like, Take like, that World that, Cup. That's what I love about this tournament is, yeah. is, it, it, kind of is it kind of is March Madness, right? It is, mm-hmm. you know, if you get in, Russia, really, like go back, go back two months. Would you put money on Russia making it to the round of eight? Nope. They were, oh, the, no. they, were, they were the 31st out of 32 teams ranked. Yeah. In, in the pre-tournament. But I love the way it's set up. And, you know, granted the – now, does the – Shay, does the draw happen out of a bucket or does the – I mean, like, is there a chance that Argentina, Brazil, you know, Belgium and Germany could be in the same quad? I mean, is it possible? Uh, Todd, you had to help me on this. To my knowledge, the draw is – random mm-hmm. that's definitely air quotes 
So um, as far as the pool play is, is random, to my yeah, knowledge. Pool, I, I agree. Um, and, Sean, if you'll notice, I think there's groups A through G or H. I could – Right. So every year they label one of the groups the group of death. And that's the, right. that's the hardest group where you have either two really strong or sometimes even three strong teams. So to answer your question, it is random. Um, and, it's totally random. Okay, so, so the home team might get it. The, it could be Brazil, Argentina, Germany, and Senegal, right? So now right. I, I would want to look it up. Maybe they only limit two of the power, but as far as I understand, it, it's random. So Wow. So very interesting. interesting. I'll tell you what. I I will be the first to say, and, and I think of the three other – people in this conversation, I'm the least soccer fan. But I think now if I get up in the morning to go play golf and EPL is on in the morning, I think I might watch 10 more minutes of it. I think I would watch, um, you know, I might even actually plan to watch a, a game, you know, especially if I can meet up with some friends at a local brew pub and, and watch. Um, it, it is kind of, you know, look, I'm not going to expect a 17 to 15 game. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But to see a couple goals, I mean, that goal – that that France versus uh, uh, I think France yeah. versus Brazil maybe yeah four to two you mm-hmm. know four to three I mean you're just not going to get a seven goal game very often mm-hmm. um, Sean if I if I had to watch five go ahead Bill no I was going to say do you want me to bring my Manchester United jersey to Inman <laughs> yeah right I just I'm just saying like I don't know if I'd watch five draws in a in a, in a row where I'd keep keep waiting for that game to happen but it it has been fun it, and and the and the fox coverage the the worldliness of it has been really cool and so I'll, I, I'll ask you one thing sean and i know this this is why todd likes soccer so much and why he watches it even if there's not a score when you see that opening when you see like a a a, a, a guy coming up the right side or the left side the pass hits mm-hmm. him right on the money and he's running with the ball and and, and sends a cross into the middle that that's what everyone's getting all excited about. Yeah. It doesn't have to go in the net, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. the fact that these guys got that close and then with their freaking feet. Right? <laughs> right? It ain't like breaking second, the pass. Yeah. But now, correct me if I'm wrong. Impressive thing. One in, ice hockey, two soccer plays with their feet, right? In like, in no like, in like EPL or, or, uh, or actually that leads me to a, a follow-up on soccer in EPL or the other uh, conferences they just end in a tie. There's no PKs. So it just which makes, which makes betting very interesting. The only time you do extra time in tournaments is uh, during, I'm sorry, extra time in PKs during tournaments. But yeah, soccer, first time I, I placed a bet for Liverpool to win and it was 1-1 and I go, oh good, I pushed. No, uh, oops. Or no, you lost. <laughs> so it's a whole different betting ball game too. So yeah. But yeah. only in tournament I, play do they do the extra time in the, in the PKs. Go to Shea. Yeah, go to Shea. The thing about soccer, to me, the common fan, and it's what keeps the common American fan from really being a fan of the sport, there's so many leagues. There's the the EPL, the Champions League, MLS. Yeah, there's just leagues, and there's soccer all the time. And so it's hard to get behind a certain team or get behind a certain player because you may have a player that his club team is Man U, is Manchester United, and then he's playing for his country team in a FIFA qualifier somewhere else, it's difficult for the common fan to really follow soccer all the time. You know, there, there is no break. Once you're a soccer fan, you're, you're in it all the time. And so right. I think that's why soccer lacks for the common fan. It, the scoring, yeah, scoring is one thing, but we watched one nothing, 2-1 games in the World Cup, and we were still just as excited to watch it, you know? Hey. But are you going to wake up on a Saturday morning and watch an EPL game that's one nothing? Exactly. 
Todd. Todd. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. No, Todd. Todd will. Okay. So, so Tottenham, Liverpool. I guess here's, are you kidding me? <laughs> maybe last question on soccer. So after their team was was knocked out, um, Ronaldo could arguably could you guys could say is one of the top five players in the world? Maybe top three. He's top, top two. two. Top, top two. two. Okay, yeah. he gets traded, Todd, or he sold off. I don't know if it's traded. He got his rights got transferred to Juventus um, in the is that the Italy Italy yeah. league? Italian okay. Yeah. So is that a big? I mean, like this is this is a big. This is like my trout getting traded to like Canada. Like this is like weird, <laughs> right? I'm serious, Bill. It's, it's like he got traded uh, out of the out of the league. Everybody knows him from for no, but. Well, I, I, I'm going to try and answer this. Can I try and answer? Yeah, and please. I, 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 I'm just we'll – I'm, I'm stunned by this. Juventus has won like seven straight Italian league titles. They're a really good team. They've been in the Champions League. So it's like the Yankees getting the best player in the world. Right. Well, no, it's not like the Yankees, but it's like – you've got to remember there's that Champions League thing mm-hmm. where all the great teams from Europe play against each other every year. For all the money. For all the money. And Juventus never wins that. They've never won it. I don't know. It's been forever since they have, if they have. They've been in it the last seven years in a row. And now they picked up one of the top two players in the world, and that's the goal. They'll probably easily win the league again, with, I would imagine. But how do they they fare in the Champions League? So that's going to be kind of cool. He's not playing uh, for uh, uh, Real Madrid. He's going to be playing for Juventus. And that's interesting. I mean, for, for a soccer fan in Europe, that's everything. That's why it's so important. How's that, Todd? Almost sounds like I know what I was talking about. It, it's perfect. See, there's the, the most money to be had is Champions League. Well, that's why mm-hmm. the EPL higher than EPL. Okay, high. Oh, my, the Champions League. So the Champions League, Sean, is every league in Europe. The La Liga this is the Spanish league, the Italian league. You know, every league places teams in the Champions League. For the EPL, it's the top four. So that's why even if Manchester City's running away with the title. <laughs> those games are meaningful late in the season because there's jockeying not only in the top four, but there's also jockeying in the relegation zone. You don't want to be bumped down out of the Premier League. Okay, so EPL's done because we just had that before. The Starts up in August. Starts and now August. does the Champions League start now? No. It's, no it's, it's, it coincides with uh, club play. So yeah. once the club, the, all the La Ligas and the Italian League and the, you know, the Russian League, I forget what that's called. Okay. Um, so yeah. Bundes, Bundesliga in Germany. Let, right? let me get yeah. let me get Shay in on the on the Ronaldo question, and then I'm gonna I guess follow up question after mm-hmm. Shay's answer on on the impact of Ronaldo moving to Juventus. It, it changed the landscape of it. Um, I, I, I want to make sure I'm answering your question because it's hard for me to focus that they just paid over a hundred over a hundred million euros just for the rights to have this guy on their team, just for mm-hmm. transfer rights. Like it's just so much money that goes in soccer. That's what is mind blowing. We're not talking about his salary. We're talking about just the rights to trade him is over a hundred million euros. Wow! The money exchanged <laughs> between the clubs, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. the money being thrown around in soccer is it makes makes uh, the NFL look like you wow. know uh, a <laughs> a single A league in baseball, Sean. Right? Because yeah. I told you this story before, but in the late nineties, Rupert Murdoch. Late 90s, this is, we're saying 20 years ago, Rupert Murdoch offered $1 billion to buy Manchester United, and the owner said, thanks, no thanks. Wow. A billion dollars in 1998, and they said no. So, yeah. you know, there's no, there was no football team worth a billion dollars in 98. <laughs> I mean, and, 
And, and that's why all the big clubs get the big players because the big players want to be in the big clubs playing on the, the world's largest stage, which is the Champions League. Um, and, and this circles back to does the goalie, goalie versus the star player. If you remember, Liverpool played, I believe it was Real Madrid, and lost, and their keeper got a concussion halfway through and made two really boneheaded plays that they, they determined after the fact that he was, he was concussed. So, oh, yeah. so I guess so then here's a question. In, in baseball – Right, it's arguably you can argue, but the Astros are the world champions. In football, the Eagles are the world champions. In in college football, the Alabama Crimson Tide are the are the champions. Oh, who, man, oh, who, who, <laughs> who, who is the definitive champion of soccer? Real Madrid. <laughs> my question is, what league? And if France, talking, Real Madrid. That, and that's France. exactly my point, Todd. Is 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 what league? Like. You know in baseball, Major League Baseball, there's no one else that can argue we're the champion of baseball. In football, there's no one else that can argue besides the Eagles that they are the champions of the football, National Football League, right? you gotta bro- you got to broaden your mind, Sean. Yeah, I think that's it. If, Stop if being Canada, an American. Stop being so American, if, Sean. If, if Canada had a baseball – If we're drinking beers, which is what this podcast is all about, we're four guys sitting around drinking beers, explain to me why there's 19 different soccer champions and one – is it because America's like, but we're the best? Exactly. That's it. That's it. We sit here okay. going, who, who else plays football? Seriously. Yeah. But, football. but seriously, who else does? So, no, so exactly. there is nobody. Exactly. Okay. Imagine That's what I'm if, saying. It's ours. Imagine <laughs> if there's a Canadian. There is a Canadian football league. Imagine if there's a Mexico league. Imagine if there's a South and American they all play league. Together, yeah. Central. And then they all got together for a tournament. That's all the UEFA Champions League is. It's Europe getting together, all the best of all the leagues, and they, they hack it out all season and see. See who's the best. So yeah, if, if Cleveland got relegated to the Canadian Football League. Exactly. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yes. Poor Cleveland. Sorry, Matthew. Hey, this is the year that Cleveland makes a break. What? I'm just, I don't know. Ooh, we'll see. Shocker. What's the All record right. in the last? One, one in 30, 60 games, four in 56, I think. <laughs> let's yeah, let's talk cool. tennis. Oof. We forgot it last week. I want to, I want to send an uh, apology to one of our, True listeners, Cindy Risser, uh, she called us out last week because we did not talk about Wimbledon. Uh, but Bill the, just got off the couch last night. The, just the, 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 the third major of the tennis schedule came to an end today. Um, we had a couple uh, really interesting matches the last two days. Really, the last four days, we had some really interesting matches. Um, Bill, why don't you take over? Or let me, let me go to Todd. Actually, Todd, our, our tennis expert, um, we give Shay some some props for the NBA. Uh, Todd, why don't you walk us through the men's and women's finals, a very classy women's final, uh, and, a, and a true champion stepped up in the men's um, after an unbelievable semifinal round. So I'll, I'll go men's first, um, and anyone jump in. But uh, So Isner found himself um, back in 2010 again, right? When, uh, God. First round, he, he, he uh, played a guy named Mahout, I believe his name, and yep. the fifth was 70 to 68, right? Yep. Yep. So this wasn't as bad. But Isner was on the short end he, uh, this time, and he lost 26-24 to the South African Anderson. Um, this brings up, uh, and I'll circle back around, but to me, um, it's, it's got to change. That, that, that rule has got to change. I think it's so super exciting, but think of the domino effect of not only what it did to the Nadal-Djokovic match, um, they could only get three sets in, but think about those guys waiting. They probably start loosening up like midway through the third set, Sure. I mean, they, waited, they waited hours, hours, hours just to step on. Um, 
and, and conversely, it, it bled over to today. Um, I'm sorry, to yesterday or to, no? Yesterday was the women's yesterday, fight. Yeah, right? they, they waited. So Joker and Nadal had to finish their match. So you see Serena and, and Kerber sitting around, right? So although it's it's it's, I think you just got to maybe go to twelve, may, maybe at twelve twelve, you go to a tiebreaker. I, I think that would be kind of fair. Um, but the days of just playing till someone goes is gone. So and I don't so, think Todd, it's a, Todd. Let me interrupt. Yep. Who determines that? Is there a oh, Wimbledon? It's just tournament. Wimbledon. So it's just so it's a local rule, Bill. Yeah, it's, it's like absolutely. a local rule. Like the, the Masters, the Masters wouldn't decide we're doing it's this, a, right? It's like in golf where every playoff's different. You play yeah. whole 18, 10, and eleven, and then back to eighteen. Right, but the, the, the Wimbledon decides that. Wimbledon says Wimbledon. our local rule is twelve. Yeah. Twelve goes no. to a tiebreak. The All no, England Lawn and Tennis Club. As it stands today, they'll go to 70 to 68. Oh, I know, but what, I'm, but what I'm saying is it becomes I'm, a local rule. Like, yeah. there, is, there is a local rule in tennis like there is in golf, Bill. Yeah, it's, it's an, I wouldn't call it a local rule. It's just for their championships, right? Okay. So the yeah. four majors each decide how they're going to do that. And the others have come off of that. But mm-hmm. Wimbledon's holding steady to, their, to the history. Also, what is the other rules? Well, uh, tiebreaker, just yeah, a regular. They, they go to tiebreakers in the fifth now. They used to oh, okay. all do it the old the old way, but they don't do it anymore. So Wimbledon's the only one that goes to to guy win by two. Yep, yep. yep. Okay. I mean, they're the only one on grass. So you have to wear white. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to change. I just think it would probably be healthy for the game if it did. And to no one's surprise, the winner of Djokovic versus uh, Nadal had a huge advantage because not only did Anderson go extra time, if you will. Um, in the semis, he, he went in the quarters also. He beat Federer, I think it was 13-11, 14-12, something like that. Yeah, he played up, uh, over 10 hours of tennis in two matches leading up to the final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what you got to think, you know, imagine, imagine Anderson's thoughts. I, I just beat Federer. I have a chance to win. Like, that, that's it. I, I should be able to win Wimbledon, right? And then he goes in and plays Isner and, and goes forever, right? 96 so he, games, by the way. They were 48. They each won 48 games in that match. <laughs> but, but, but then the tiebreakers decided it. Mister <laughs> had like 70 aces, something oh, yeah. crazy like crazy. that. Yeah, yeah. And Anderson spoke up about it in the, uh, in the, in the uh, press conference. He was a gentleman about it, but he basically kind of said, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and again, Djokovic, it was a very ho-hum match today. Um, but one more comment on that, and then I'll go to women's. This is why they have PKs in soccer. This is why people were like, let's play the golden goal. I mean, you'd have guys running for hours out there, right? You know, just, just dogging it. So uh, um, the women, Serena, um, what a great run for Serena, Bill. You're that, that's all. She's the, she's the, arguably the goat, certainly of this era, but maybe, maybe of all time. Um, she just ran out of steam, I think, but she ran into a very good Angelique uh, Kerber. Um, the, the German is just solid all around. And she, what a great story that was kind of passed over. She was world's number one in 2000 and then had a disastrous 2017, just horrible. So it's kind of a little mini comeback story. And, and after the interview, Serena was, was very gracious and, and Herber said all the right things. They're, they're two, you know, Serena's, I think, maturing a little bit. Um, and I think Kerber's just easy to, to, to root for um, after you hear her speak. So um, good, good match, but uh, both you know, both on their own merit were kind of, kind of letdowns, I'd say, right. Straight sets on both of them. Yeah. Bill, it's it's funny. In. Well, for me, you know, it's, uh, you know, in your own mind, you have like who you want to see win. And 
I was O for the weekend. <laughs> I was, in fact, I was O for the semis and on. I, I wanted Isner to win to get an American in the final. Um, you know, I wanted Nadal to win because I want him to catch Roger. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, well, maybe Anderson can somehow, uh, you know, take care of uh, Joker, not even close. And I really wanted Serena to get 24. And, you know, and that's kind all of time, right? That's an all time record. All time. It would have tied Margaret Court, which is kind okay. of an older era. So he's got the modern era, but not the older era. Yeah. yeah, so that would have been spectacular. I, I think, but I think Serena, look, she's got, she's coming home to New York uh, in August, late August, early September, and that's where she shines. And so hopefully she'll take care of business there, get 24 there. Uh, and, and um, you know, and good, you know, I'm just not a fan of Djokovic. Mm. Um, so, but, but 13 majors, wow. And, and after he talked about being in the, just in the tank for two years, he was nowhere to be found for two years. I mean, he, he was struggling. So, that's a huge comeback, especially at age 31. So good He's kind of mellowed out a little too, right, Bill? He used to be yeah. a yeah. yeah. I mean, look, he, uh, there was a time, uh, if you go, go YouTube, you can find Djokovic is, he, he could do the best impersonations of other players in tennis. It's hilarious. Like he could do an adult serve like perfectly, right? You know, move the hair, move the hair, grab the ass, do the whole nine yards, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's pretty good. And he does the women too. It's not, it's really funny, but he just turned into a different kind of guy. Uh, last three or four years. And so, you know, I'm just not as big a fan. So let me ask you this, Bill. Um, Americans, Shay, you brought it up earlier about Americans watching soccer, Americans watching World Cup, right? Americans watching things like that. Is Jonathan Isner the next American star? Or no. Is, God, he's old. He's, no, he's old. Yeah, but he's he's been so close. And yeah. the guy's probably going to just he's, – he's like a Jimmy Walker. Like, he, you know, is he – Who's the next American star that's going to be someone that we're going to watch on the male like, side? Is there one? Is there on one? the male side? Right. I don't know. I thought, side because it, well, no, you got Sloan Stevens. You got, you got Sloan Stevens won. She, she won last year. She's a good player in Madison. Right. Good. There's some good young uh, women on the men's side. I mean, Jack Sock is 26, so he's, he's he won the doubles with uh, Mark, yeah, Mark Ryan. Ryan. Mark Ryan. Yeah. So he's a good player. Um, but you're right. It's not. It's not quite there. But it's. It's cyclical. We're waiting. Maybe there's some kid who's 16 right now who uh, is going to explode. No, uh, not, nothing, nothing against Anderson, but that's why I was rooting for Isner because he's he's getting a little long in the tooth and he's never right. made a major final. Yeah. Um, likable yeah. guy. He went to University of Georgia. Real, you know, real likable guy. Taller than you and I on top of each other, Sean. I mean, he's <laughs> right. Yeah, big dude. Six ten. Well, anyway. Randy Johnson hitting the ball down on you in the serve. Right. All right, boys, let's let's hit, head to the home stretch. Let's uh, let's talk golf really quick. Um, Michael Kim blows out the field in uh, in in uh, in uh, I guess it's Illinois. Uh, yeah, it's Still. in Iowa. I think Davenport, I think, is where they were playing. Yeah. Uh, the John Deere Classic. He was up seven strokes when we went on the air. I guess as he, he he crushed it. No, I, I sent you the text of his swing. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. This kid played for UCLA or uh, played for Cal. Uh, unbelievable player. I think with that win, he'll get into British Open. Um, we might need to think about doing a little uh, quick British Open conversation. Sorry. Bill, you and I be in San Francisco, uh, but it's such a cool tournament because we can jump up early and watch. Do you I know think, what early means, dude? It, they, they, the television yeah. starts at one a.m. You Eastern. won't be. You won't. Eastern. No, one a.m. Pacific. Right. You will. No, not. I no? think it's one a.m. Uh, no, I think. No, Look, it's four a.m. Eastern. Yeah. yeah, it's one a.m. It's one. I'm not sure. I thought I thought it was one a.m. Oh no! If they're teeing off at seven, Sean's right because they're about really? six hours. 
So we're going to go out. We're going to have some dinner, get some drinks, and we're going to go watch the British Open as long as we can. Till you get to fall asleep to the British Open. How cool yeah, in each other's arms. It'll be great. <laughs> <I think it's- laughs> Are you okay, welcome, welcome, welcome to the West Coast, guys. I know. Stay up all night watching sports. <laughs> we, we've talked yeah, about that twice, right, Bill? By the way, Michael Kim, yeah, he won by eight shots, and he's just finishing up. So they've got that 747 waiting for those players at the uh, John Deere, right? Doesn't the John Deere yeah. do that every year? Yeah, there's not a, there's not a huge uh, leaderboard there, obviously, but Francis, Francisco Molinari, who's been playing great the last couple weeks, yeah. I think goes into the British Open is really one of the favorites, playing well. Yeah. Um, now, Ricky played well over in, uh, you know, Scotland. at Gullen. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the p- people that played over there. Um, there's a cool video, if you guys can search for it, uh, search Hickory Shaft uh, Challenge or whatever. They, they get all the guys at Gullen on one of the courses, at one of the holes, and they give them Hickory Shafted clubs, uh, wow. you know, and, and they ask them to hit, and they give them the old ball. Yeah, got a percha. Yes, and it's such a cool, uh, like, experiment. They show, like, these – you know, 20, 30 golfers trying to hit these clubs. And it's, you know, some guys hit it 40 yards off the green and Patrick Harrington hits it close. And uh, it, it's a, it's a cool, like, you know, experiment to see the change in the game. But uh, a little, side, little side note on that, Dylan Malafonte, Anthony's son. Yeah. Won, won, won a tournament, won a hickory shafted tournament they played here in Florida. Mm. Yeah. Oh, played with all hickory shafts. Yeah. Yeah. The entire, played an entire 18 hole tournament with them. Got to be a total yeah. feel, right? That, yeah. That, yeah. It's got to be different. changes that. So let's just – if we decide whether we do a, uh, a pop-up show this week or not, um, <laughs> let's just – Shay, give me one name you, you look for in the British Open possibly to win. I know this is – Shay's the wild card here in the group. If Shay, if Shay picks the winner, drinks on the house. Um, <laughs> but, and you party with Shay, so you know what that means. Who, so. do, you, who, do, you, uh, who do you look for at Carnoustie? Probably one of the toughest courses. Yeah. Yeah. And if the weather is what it can be, um, this is like one of those courses that every player on the tour says is the hardest course on the British Open rotation. So, Shay, give us a name just to look for. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. It's not so much of a limb. It's just my uh, lack of in, my lack of knowledge in golf. I'm going to go Jason Day. Okay. Is the name I can throw out? Can I go right. Jason Day? That's a good one. Good, good one. Yeah. Todd, who do you like? I got a couple names. Um, I'll tease you a little bit. But, yeah, Bill got me on the bandwagon about a year or two ago that Ricky Fowler's got to win a major. <laughs> He's always in my, uh, in my um, crosshair. So it's either going to be – I haven't decided. It's either going to be Justin Rose or Tommy Fleetwood. That's, that's my uh, – those are my predictions. Okay. Oh, took two, my Tommy Fleetwood. Two euros. There you go. Me? Two English lads, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Bill, oh. who do you like? Uh, I, I, I'll go with Fowler. Um, uh, and, and just for my wild card, you know, I'm going to take Tiger. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Tiger. Uh, I'll tell you what, it, the, Carnoustie is such a stinger course. It is such a yeah. course where you gotta be a ball striker. Um, and, and, and that, that it, finishing stretch with those canals or locks or Lomans or what do they call them? Burns. That burns, burns, yeah. burns. Yeah. That's it's such a tough finish. You know, it's yeah. like, in, in Ray Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so I, I think my my pick will be Kucher because he's just so even tempered, and I think he can manage himself around the course. But the two people I would say, Bill, would be Tiger and DJ, just guys that can okay. just fucking burn a three iron exactly. hundred, you know, three hundred and fifty yards up the fairway. Especially, they need especially to. those fairways, the way they are, they the way they run out. Yeah, and <laughs> DJ's DJ's just so laid back. It's, yeah. His his patience, I think, would 
is there and you know so yeah so but but tiger has you know if tiger can figure out his putting i'm telling you I, you know the british opens where he's going to win it because you know his ball striking has been better than anybody on the tour right yeah now. and he's look he's got history he he played st andrews in 2000 and did not hit a bunker the entire tournament yeah that's impossible at a british open one bad bounce it goes in a trap he didn't hit a single bunker yeah that's crazy <laughs> don't sleep on don't sleep on tom watson guys don't sleep on tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I right. just passed out. Sorry. Todd. We're, we're going fin- to finish up on baseball. Uh, and this might actually be a great opportunity, Bill, if we can find a time in our schedule at Inman to get Shea and Todd on board, maybe just a, even, a, even a little 25-minute call after the All-Star game before the British Open would be a fun spot, maybe a Wednesday sure. night time frame. Uh, baseball comes into the All-Star break. Uh, we got, I think, one game tonight. Uh, here's, our, here's our standings of the break. Boston has opened up a four-and-a-half game lead over a really strong Yankee team. So it tells you that Boston's playing some good baseball. Cleveland, even though they went head-to-head with, with uh, New York this weekend and, and I think lost two out of three, they still have an eight-game lead in the Central. Houston with a four-and-a-half-game lead in the, in the uh, West. Philadelphia, Todd, has jumped up over your Braves. Braves on a little slump right now heading into the All-Star break. Maybe a good timing. Uh, four guys going to the All-Star game, but maybe they just get a little chance to recenter. Um, Cubs game and a half up in the central and LA Dodgers and the Arizona card or Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, tied right now in the West and that's pending tonight's games. Um, but let's just start with you, Bill. What have you seen in the first half? Who's a, who's a player that stood out? Who's a team that stood out? What's happening in your game? And let's get Todd and, and Shay's just impact on the first half. I'm just, I guess I'm surprised by the D backs being as tough as they've been. I think that's a great, great story for uh, Arizona. Um, there's a name to watch for in the future. I guess just because I get to watch him locally, but the kid's name is Jake Bowers, uh, first baseman for the Rays. You can remember the Rays are in rebuilding mode and they're going to finish. They were up. They had a little brawl going. Oh, they're down seven, six here in the top of the ninth with two outs. Never mind. They're going to finish a couple games over 500 in the first half. Who thought that would happen? But, right. but there are four teams in the American league already that are like, they're in. Right. <laughs> and so and then you got Cleveland. Like if the Rays could be in the central, you know, with Cleveland, they'd be three out of a playoff spot, but otherwise they're 12 back. Um, sure. So, so the, I think really the story in the American league was, was pretty, pretty interesting to have four teams just run away with championships and wild cards. And you got, you know, people battling uh, for the other spot. Look, Bill, here, here's the, here's the recipe for Tampa Bay from here out. They have to win every, every series. They have to win three to two or three to one yeah. or, or two to three yeah, or two happen. to one. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I agree with you. But, but the only way they have a chance is if they don't lose the series from here out. Right. You know, yeah. Todd, what, 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 what have you seen? Um, I'm just reminded what a long season baseball is. Uh, Braves, you know, could, had a great, great, great first half of season. And they find themselves in second place uh, just because they, you know, had a little hiccups here the last couple. But they're young, young Fun team to watch. Good young pitching staff. Um, God, when uh, you, Sean, you and Bill relate and Shay, you'll get there. When Freddie Freeman's the grizzled veteran <laughs> on your squad, it's just crazy. Isn't it? I mean, I remember you know him as rookie. So anyway, um, and Boston looks looks to be tough to beat uh, in the all, always hard uh, AL East. So um, all star break. I mean, good stuff, right? Shay, any thoughts on MLB? <laughs> Who gets Manny Machado? Who gets Manny Machado, yeah. and that, and I think that determines who comes out of probably the AL or the NL. Be honest with you. And, and Milwaukee, it, it, Milwaukee's making a big play for him. 
You know, it, it, does he go to Milwaukee? Does he go to L.A.? Does he go to the Yankees? You know, like, where does Manny Machado go? And we've talked about it on here before, too. Do you, if you're the Nationals, do you make a move to deal Bryce Harper before you lose him this summer? Because that could that could impact the rest of the baseball season as well. Listen, we've talked about that on three occasions on this show about getting rid of a player, trading for a player, getting something in return. Um, look, I mean, the, the Nationals have to be thinking about this. Well, they're for five and a half out, so they're you can't panic yet, right? Right. In, in, in the trade deadline, there's two trade deadlines in baseball, right? You've got July, July 31st, August, right? August 31st as well, where they're still eligible. They've got to go through waivers, but they're still eligible for postseason. So um, we'll see. So, Bill, probably the two biggest names right now that you know might be moving would be Manny Machado yeah. with, the, with, the, with the Orioles yeah. and, you know, and uh, Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of talk Machado's moving before the All Star break or, in the next week, he's going to move. And then Bryce, where, where, where do you think Machado goes? Like I, I said, I think two weeks ago, I thought it was going to be Indians. I'm hearing a lot more Yankees now. Yeah. And I, and I'm hearing a ton about Milwaukee. That's, you know, because really? they're, they're playing wow. a ton. They're, I mean, they're, what, they're two games behind the Cubs. They've got an yep. opportunity. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Um, but man, just anything, anybody but the Yankees, please, please God. No, no Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be tough. Uh, the, the Orioles are so cautious with Machado. They had a rain delay in their game today. Machado doesn't even play after the rain delay because they can't risk an injury because he has so much trade value. I know, yeah, right? No yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're wow. being very cautious. Todd, just a, FYI, uh, September 12th, 1989. September 12th. So that was probably the second game of the season for the Gators. Uh, 1989, that would have been like against Kentucky. That's the day Freddie Freeman was born. That's Just right. to put into context, you wow. you and I were both legal drinking age, uh, probably having a beer on that. I, I, I wasn't. Oh, you weren't then. <laughs> but but that, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you weren't having a beer. That doesn't right. mean you weren't you having bought, a beer. Bought me beer. You Actually. bought the beer, Sean. Yeah. Way to go. Hey, a quick story for a personal on a personal note. Our son Kevin, twenty five years ago this week, was at the nineteen ninety three All Star Game at Camden Yards in Baltimore wow. uh, as a four month old baby. And now wow. he lives in DC. I don't think wow. I, don't know I don't know if he's going to the game or not, but in the same location, right forty miles away, is the All Star game. Uh, I saw a video clip on Twitter, Bill, uh, of that game, uh, oh, and it, it in the in the All Star game, uh, the home run derby, which was yes. done in the daytime then, not yes. in the nighttime. Ken Griffey Jr. hit the warehouse. He did. Yeah, he hit was, the warehouse. On a, yeah, so, yeah, that was great. I, I I had I had worked the All Star game in '92. It was in San Diego. Worked my ass off, you know, like 30 straight days, no days off, just crazy trying to make sure everything right. And the following year, I said, we're going. So Kevin was born in March. We packed him up, four months old. We're sitting in Camden Yards for the game, and it's it's like 100 degrees and 99% humid. It was the worst night ever, not a stitch of wind. And uh, Kevin turned into this melting blob in Cindy's lap. <laughs> so by the, by the second inning, I walked her out to a cab back to the hotel. I went back in and watched the game. So. There you go. <laughs> wow. So my two my two things this season, um, Seattle, Shea, they're so close. They're right there. They're yeah. playing great baseball, actually. And if they can, you know, they just got to win the series they're, they're in. And um, Mike Trout, uh, I'm just telling you, I, I don't think we appreciate how good Mike Trout is playing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, his stats, Bill, are 
pretty unbelievable. I mean, he's, you know, he's, I think season, his batting average is 312, 25 homers, 50 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, OPS 1.064. Mm. <laughs> yeah. To be over a one is unbelievable. 25 years old, right? Yeah, he's born in 1991, so 27. Yeah, he'll be 27 this year. Okay, which is the sweet spot year for major league baseball players. Yeah, and they hit 27, so he's still got the, the best is yet to come, possibly for Mike Trout. Yeah, and, I mean, un- and rock stars die right at 27. What's, What's that? that? And rock stars die at 27, right? Hendrix <laughs> and, <laughs> and Kurt Cobain and all that stuff. And Janis exactly. Joplin, Janis Joplin. Yeah, there's a documentary out about that. I lived and was a horrible athlete at 27, so I don't fit either profile. So, <laughs> so long conversation with the hot, with the soccer this week, but but let's wrap it up. Shay, what do you got going on on this week? Oh man, uh, no real plans this week. It's just uh, it's just dealing with the ebbs and flow of the normal work life balance, and uh, keep trying to uh, keep trying to make things happen, move and shake, and make things happen on my end. Good, good job, Shay. Bill, what about you, man? Tell us who's on the Real estate sessions this week. So the guest for episode 150 on the real estate sessions is Christy Keneally of Realtor.com. And I am telling you, Sean, it is such a good episode. Fireball, yeah. I might have geeked out a little bit too much about Broadway, but bear with it. It's a great – there's some great stories in there. Bill, Bill, let me just just say, you've never had a bad episode yet. I thought thought Julie Tambusi last week was fantastic. I – you know, I just, I'm a fan of your episodes. I think your, your conversation techniques, your, your interviews, and obviously the, the, the takeaways for me as a real estate agent are fantastic. Cool. So. Well, that's great. And then the week after it'll be Jay Lupke. So yep. we already what, had our interview. And Bill, why don't you tease what's going on this week? What do you, what, what, what else are you doing this week? Well, yeah, so I'm going to be heading out to my, I, I believe it's my 10th Inman Connect event uh, hmm. and probably sixth as an ambassador, Sean, because I did them a, before you did them, I think back in 2010, 11. And then we kind of crossed paths then. But um, yeah, so Inman Connect, one of the largest uh, um, real estate conferences in the country, about 4,000 realtors will be there. I think only NAR's annual event surpasses it, I would believe. And I'm really excited about it, uh, except for the fact that I got to figure out a way to find, watch the Home Run Derby tomorrow night, some of the All-Star Game Tuesday night. <laughs> and it's all starting at 5, 530. I know, right? right? Right in the sweet spot of all of our events and things. And so we'll, we'll find some time for it. Good. Ty, what's up with you, man? Sean, real, uh, I almost said it. I stopped myself. Nope, I'm going to say it real quick. Um, two things happened in sports over the last week I want to mention. Um, one, if you guys have a chance, um, look up Gordon Haywood uh, for Boston. Yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> the, the birth announcement. That was fantastic. Biggest buzzkill buzz ever. Oh. And I loved it because I don't think any guy in the world would ever come up with a birth announcement, right? So I imagine it's the mom and the, the, the wife's idea, right? Yeah. And yeah. He has two little girls. He's an NBA player. I mean, I'm sure he wants a, a boy to shoot hoops with, right? I'm sure he's happy with his daughters. He wants a healthy baby, but he's like, it's a girl. Yay. And his wife's like, is daddy happy? He goes, daddy's always happy. I mean, it's. <laughs> You've watched it a few times. You've got to memorize it. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. And it's so genuine. And, and I hope no one's mad at him. It's just a genuine reaction. He's, he's happy, but he probably wanted someone to shoot hoops with. Um, and also, Sean. Over the last three days, I didn't text you guys about it, but the World Series of Poker had their final uh, table. Tebow. Tebow at the, the table, right? The last <laughs> night. So, heads up went 10, 10 hours. 10 hours, yes. Oh, 10 my God. Hours. 
Oh. I mean, imagine that, right? And, um, and, and anyway, hey, and hey, ESPN was up against Wimbledon too. So the yes. fact that it ended the way it did, they yeah. shipped Wimbledon pregame to ESPN two. Yep. Yeah. Now, now, now I have to ask you: Did it end dramatically? Was there like a horrible, you know, beat kind of a thing? So uh, kind of opposite, right? So okay. uh, I'll geek out a little bit here. So right. uh, Tebow had uh, Queen Eight offsuit. And, um, and it wasn't Tebow, Bill. He was just wearing no, no. a Tebow shirt. Yeah. I got you, yeah. And the other guy had King Jack suited, right? right. So the flop game. Um, got a king. Right? King 10-2, right? So he's got a pair of kings. And then, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think it's even worse. I think King, king Jack 2. Anyway, um, the eight came on the turn. The guy with the eight went all in. And the guy had two pair, and he tanked for – tanked is going to the think tank. He yeah. thought about it for for – two, three, four, five minutes. And there's literally only two hands that could beat him. Either ace, king, or king, queen could beat him because he had king, jack. But um, I, the, the commentators are like, I understand being cautious, maybe taking 10, 20, 30 seconds. But this guy took forever and he finally called. So it was a little bit of a, you know, if he would have folded, that would have been the big news. Because, uh, right. you know, at some point you just got to say, if the guy's got a better hand, I'll tip my hat. And yeah, right. so my, so, okay. my $5 million second place payout, $8 million for first. You know, so <laughs> oh, like, oh my God. If you can beat me with a, you know, so be it. So anyway, that was that. So Sean, work-wise, um, traveling with uh, some bosses this week. So uh, we got some good juicy visits planned. And um, I think I mentioned this before weeks back. I actually enjoy it because um, it's something different. I see the same customers over and over. So I don't mind new blood coming in and just kind of uh, giving them a new look. It maybe allows me to see maybe things that, that I'm not pushing or pursuing a uh, different style, et cetera. So Anyway, that would be my early week, and I'll, I'll try to catch some all-star, um, all-star baseball for sure. Awesome. Guys, it's always fun hanging out and talking sports with you guys. Uh, for me, as Bill said, I'm heading out to Inman Connect. I'll be heading out Tuesday morning. I have a client appreciation event tomorrow night with the Columbus Clippers. Cole Banker night at Columbus Clippers Ballpark. It's Diamond Dog Night, Bill. You remember oh, the promotions? Nice. Right? One dollar gets you ten hot dogs. Uh, it's always, <laughs> always a fun night. Uh, Those are good for you, though, boys. Oh God, Dime, Diamond awesome. Dog Night. Like Shay's hungry. He's like, oh, hot dogs are good. <laughs> I did Portland. So, they have stinky bars. Should be fun. I'm on a uh, 6.55 a.m. flight through Nashville. Bill, I should be into uh, Oakland at 10.30. I should be at the uh, Hilton by 12.30, hopefully. Uh, catch up with you. Yeah. And uh, we'll have some, have some good times enjoying some Anchor Steam beers. And Shay and Todd are on call this week. We may do an emergency stare down because uh, it's always fun to talk sports, talk in real estate with you guys. On behalf of Shay and Bill and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for listening to this guy.